Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Two Blonde Bimbos podcast. We don't have a specific intro in mind yet, but I am Rosie Blair. And this over here is Ashley Hartley. We literally don't have an opener and we're going to come up with one, but we're just rifting. Rifting? Is that the right word? Rifting? It's riffing. Oh my God. Two Blonde. This is the perfect name for me, guys. I can't even pronounce riffing right. <laughs> there we go, homie. We are live. Hello. Well, not live, but you know what I mean. Live from California, from beautiful, sunny, Redondo Beach, California. <laughs> and Dallas. And Yeah, and Dallas, Texas. Dallas. Okay, I'm very excited because I think we should talk about how we even thought about getting this started or how we met yeah. or any of the details. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I feel like I can't believe you even want to do a podcast with me. And when you said you wanted to do podcasts on your stories, I was like, hello, me. And yeah. I thought you were never going to respond. Was that honest. it? Were you were you literally did I say like oh, should I do a podcast someday? Who you said do- you you said should I do a podcast and I or who should I do a podcast with? And I mm. said me and you were like wait we should oh. do a podcast. Easy. Yeah, that was an easy thing to agree to because was- you're so fun and you s- speak so quickly and I feel like my what I can bring to a podcast is I can probably be a little bit more like bring in like a like a snarky one-liner but yeah 100%. but I like when somebody else like you can like be directing everything with your energy so <laughs> easy yes. yes Charlie always says I'm very animated and I didn't realize that and then you said it too and I was like oh I guess I am really animated oh, but yeah. I'm I bet people are wondering why we are calling it two blonde bimbos well we're blonde we're blonde easy. so um and bimbos I mean yeah I there's been like a resurgence of bimbo um a, not a research like a, a new appreciation for what bimbos were and are and I think that both of us love a lot of the same people like we're both Anna <laughs> Nicole Smith fans oh a lot I love I, when you told me that there was one story or something I posted that you said I look like her I was like that's such oh, a yeah. compliment oh yeah it's the best compliment I can give to I love all from that stuff that's like full love people probably think bimbos is probably a negative thing I do not think it's a negative thing I think it's a very cool thing <laughs> absolutely absolutely and I think that it gives us an excuse to really play into things that we're naturally attracted to pink juicy couture shirt juicy couture sparkles we'll all get into the things it. all the rhinestones I can't wait but yeah I'm very excited to be doing this podcast because a I've wanted to be more candid and show a different side of me on something yeah obviously we both do social media full-time and that is one side of it, but there's a whole nother side of both of us, including Rosie being the funniest person in the entire world. So, oh my God, I think you're the funniest person in the entire world. <laughs> I think people don't think I'm funny until I do something. Like they don't realize like I'm kind of weird mm-hmm. and people are always like surprised. I think it's because when you have a curated feed, people assume you're like a certain way, but I'm yeah. like, there is more to us. Just Absolutely. Wait. Well, you're, you're buck wild. And I got that. I don't know when I was like, oh, she's, she's different. And I feel like I do follow a lot of women with very beautiful curated feeds. I toss my sunglasses to the side. They're not coming back on. (laughs) I was like, they're right here on my desk. I'm going to fidget with them. So we were both wearing sunglasses for those of you who are listening only via audio, but it was a moment. You have a video version of this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and plug that too. It exists. Yeah. Um, 
but I follow a lot of women with really beautiful curated feeds, but I find that the people that I like personally become fans of and respond to are people that have like a more candid, intimate, um, presentation yeah. of their stories. And you do. I agree. Yeah, you do. Your that. stories though are awesome as well as your TikToks. And thank you. I think what you're doing on TikTok is pretty epic. So thank you. I think you're going to go TikTok. far. I, I'm just excited because we can talk about whatever we want to talk about on here. And it's like our podcast. Dude, I'm so jacked about it. I think what everyone needs to know is that Ashley and I had several DM conversations on Instagram about how we wish that there was a place where we could represent a part of our personality that we feel isn't yeah. necessarily like Instagram friendly. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not going to be crossing any boundaries of like something like radically inappropriate or, you know, yeah. problematic. It's a little but- more candid moments, like exactly. not so, not so scripted or put together, just kind of like, oh, we all we're, it's kind of like when you see those, not saying we are celebrities by any means, but you know, when people <laughs> are like celebrities are just like us, they would go grocery shopping and you're like, okay. I feel like people assume that like either your life is perfect or something and, or that you're this way or that way. And I feel like this will give people a little bit better understanding on things we like pop Mm. culture stuff that you love to talk about Mm. all kinds of things. And speaking of that, I need you to explain that word that you sent me. The Oh, chuggy. Chuggy. Oh, baby. I, what is that? So the New York times published an article this last weekend, I think, and it's about this new phenomenon, this new word. It's currently popping off on TikTok. So, really? I mean, if we want to get our SEO like shit up for this podcast, <laughs> we gotta we gotta put Chugi in the title of this podcast. What honey. is Chugi though? What does it mean? So Chugi, it was a, a term originated by a small group of friends, and it's to re- refer to a certain type of woman. And I think that that woman, like now they're saying that men too, but frankly, a lot of it's like very female derived but um so this group of women I think they're just a friend group but they started like an Instagram account called like chug life or something like that I'll get (laughs) something specific but a chuggy person is probably someone in our generation so a millennial and they like chevron print they like pumpkin spice lattes oh okay I'm getting the vibe when you said chevron I immediately you know what and to be honest I probably have some of those traits in me because I definitely yeah. when I lived in Dallas I had a chevron chair oh cute wow you can't yellow not the sh- yellow chevron chair. and pumpkin spice you love pumpkin spice lattes don't you I literally have so much stuff that says pumpkin spice I feel like I am a seasonal chug myself so like I get extra chuggy in like <laughs> September onward it's like oh yeah September, for sure December, ultimate chug yeah so so it's like um, Chevron pumpkin spice lattes is your other things that they consider. Yeah. So what, what I thought was so funny, cause I just actually bought this, uh, to like have like a, you know, like a nostalgia moment, but like women who use juicy couture perfume are considered chuggy. Wow. I have not, yeah. used, I haven't smelled that in a long time. They think that like people, it just, to me, it seems like really what they're actually trying to say is like chugginess are people that really haven't left 2010. That's what it seems like through 2013. And to me, that's just reflective of like, I think that all generations at some point kind of find an area of their maturation that they're sort of comfortable in Mm -hmm. living in constantly. It's a familiarity. It's like a nostalgic thing too. It's like, you feel like excited about those things. I mean, I get excited about when fall comes around. I'm like, 
in the mode of all things, Dude. all things, all all the things like that. That's like my favorite thing. So I didn't know chuggy. First of all, that word is hilarious sounding. Like yes, I don't so even- like. I think I even have a Ray Dunn candle, but they say that Ray Dunn is like super. I've never heard of that. Oh, homie, I got. I feel like I'm gonna go through my desk right now and like. I don't think that's a smart idea, but it's a specific type of brand that like has like, it's a candle and it's like in a uh, handwriting. They have like a printed word or phrase on okay. this candle and it's like in a handwriting font and it'll be like boss babe. Oh, boss babe culture is very chuggy. <laughs> MLMs are chuggy. Um, MLMs. Oh, living in the South, especially MLMs are like, Oh, I think everywhere. That, oh, we'll just like change it to like Chattachuga down here in the South. <laughs> Chattachuga. I mean, I've been saying, I've been integrating the word chuggy, like since I've learned this phrase on Sunday, it's now, what is it? Wednesday? The Thursday. I have no idea what day. <laughs> the weekend. I like now want to get on TikTok and make a TikTok about chuggy. I was going to do like a chuggy haul and like show all my chuggy this stuff. This is like, hilarious. My chuggy treasures. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Are, is this like Gen Z people claiming that we're like, are they naming these people Chuggy? Yeah. Is that where the name came yeah. from? Yeah. Okay. I love it. I do too. And I kind of like, I'm not insulted by it at all. And what's two of our faves, two of our fave bimbos, Holly Madison and oh, Trisha her. Paytas are leaning hard into Chug life and they're making tons of Chug videos right now on TikTok. Okay. Well, I think I need to make a Chug video then. Yeah. Yeah. I, Oh my gosh. I love, I read Holly Madison's book. I had when it came out, um, but I find them both very fascinating. Obviously we both love Trisha Paytas. So yes, I'm so influenced by Holly Madison. I um, just watched, I'm a big fan of her YouTube channel that she's been posting on lately. She's very oh. into like old school YouTuber content. So I was shocked at how quickly I bought something literally yesterday. I think <laughs> maybe you would love this too. Yeah. What is it? Do you know Besame Cosmetics? No, I don't. Besame Cosmetics is a Burbank, California based brand. For people who don't know, Burbank is an area of Los Angeles where there's tons of vintage stores. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of like, there's like a rockabilly pinup community that resides in Burbank. Oh, that's really really cool. And they have a boutique there called Besame Cosmetics. And it's like, it's out of the 1940s. They sell all throwback style cosmetics. It's beautiful. Like they sell like pancake like um, that's what mascara. I was that's what I was imagining yeah that's and so the, cool the packaging is so elegant and beautiful and they just came out with a Marilyn Monroe collection that comes with like a face oh chart God. to like do your makeup so I bought Holly like basically hauled the collection on her YouTube channel <laughs> and I was like done I like screamed I grabbed my phone and I was like and just I bought it. it yeah so that's en route to me currently and I am I want to know I want to, you tell me how it is. Cause I'm curious about, have you ever bought anything from them before? From, yeah, I have. I actually, um, I think not the most recent time I was in Los Angeles visiting you, but the last time I was there, like a year ago, I went to the boutique with Houston and they're so sweet in there. It was, I think on Halloween oh, because <laughs> we were going to go to the cicada club downtown. Okay. You- I've not been obviously pan- <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm ready for be- Halloween already. I mean, I saw a countdown that said Halloween is like, what, a few months? What did someone say? They said they count down to Halloween. I think it was like, what, a few months? What is it? May, June, July, August. I'm like counting. Today is May. So it's like five months away. <laughs> six Damn. months away. 
Damn. Because it was like a costumes. few weeks ago and it was like six months till Halloween. And I was like, yeah, I need, we need costumes. I want to, do you ever want to do those? Like, I think a lot of influencers kill it on Halloween and I feel like I'm amped for Halloween in like the end of August, but by the time Halloween happens, I'm burnt out and oh, I'm yeah. over it. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's Christmas. No, I shot and did style most of my Halloween stuff like way before Halloween. Yeah. Um, oh, just cause smart. it gets, yeah. But I, this last year was probably because we were in a pandemic. I felt like I had the time to, so I like really tried to do a bunch of different things. And for me, I find that like an outlet, it's like super fun for me to like do my makeup different, wear a wig, like have yeah. darker hair, like do something crazy like that. So I feel like this Halloween, I'm like already, I saw actually speaking to Trisha Paytas and I saw Trisha and Ethan did the Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. They were, it was so good. And Charlie was like, we need to, this needs to be our, one of our costumes. Yeah. It yeah. was so good. So I'm going to, I need to already start planning that because Halloween well, to me is just like so fun. I want us to be the Maitlands then if you're going to be Beetlejuice <laughs> and I love that. Yes. Because I love Gina Davis in that movie. Like low key, I think that she's got the cutest little cottage core look. She does. Cottage core. Oh my God. That's another thing. And that was a hot, hot time for Alec Baldwin. Yowza. Oh my God. I forgot. Yowza. Yowza. Yeah. He, um, that was a hot time for him. Wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. I just think that I need to like plan that you and Houston definitely need to do some serious couples costumes. Did you guys do anything last year? Yeah, we did. We did two oh, things. Oh, you did the, the, was it the Ratatouille or something? We did Julie and Julia. We That's did, what I'm thinking. We like, did Julie, Julia Child and her husband, Paul Child. That was the funniest costume because it was so spot on and so well done. I Thank loved you. it. It was so good. He was so cute in that. <laughs> well, I saw, I mean, like I was attracted to him because I was like, he's kind of got Stanley Tucci vibes. Mama you No, know, when you said that, he absolutely does have Stanley. Mm-hmm. And we were watching, actually, he just put out like some travel show. You were and watching I looked, that too. Oh my God, it's so good. It makes me want to travel. Every time I'm like, you're in Italy. Cool. Let me go. But he does remind me, Houston reminds me of Stanley Tucci, which is a huge compliment. Did you watch the the one where he was in Naples and going to the mozzarella farm and yep. getting the San Marzano uh, tomatoes? Tomatoes. Yeah, Ooh. because all I, all I wanted to do was eat. At that Ooh, I could watch that man eat for a long time, though. He, <laughs> he has like a cocktail series, too, I think. Yeah, he's got he's... we have his cookbook. We need a cook out of it that Ooh, I want to make Houston cook out of the Stanley Tucci cookbook. <laughs> content oh my god he is a very like age like fine wine man he is so attractive mm. it's ridiculous mm. it's like um he's got those like low-key biceps that you're like what? I know they come out you're just like turns to the side and it's like pow, and you're like oh so you're like wow you have guns so that's cool his style is also impeccable he reminds me so much like in the face of Gene Kelly oh I could see that a little bit yeah yeah He, I just think his style, his glasses, his way he like carries himself and Mm -hmm. stuff is like, he's like classic man, 1940s, like, oof, oof. Everyone, we are now Stanley Tucci major fans over here. (laughs) I've been one. I don't know where you've been at, but I've been one. So, um, so what are, what is the new topic? We need to talk about something besides Stanley Tucci because people are going to be like, Tucci, Chugi, 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 Chugi. I need to get on the Chugi life though, for real though. Chugi train. Gosh, where are we editing this? Yes. Are we, we just letting it? We can cut. 
I'm so contenting. into that. Okay, cool. Because then like- No, because like, Ethan Klein and Trisha both have jump cuts. So- Amazing. We need those. Because I, I want to be free enough to say whatever I want, but also- this weekend, Elon Musk is hosting Saturday. I know Live. Charlie had told me the minute it was posted, I was like, "This will be very interesting, right?" And, and Miley I've... Cyrus, right? Is yes, performing. I love Miley. Yeah, I me do. too. Are you I just watch... saw her house. I saw they did like they revealed her new house design, and Ooh. it's like a stunning. Like Ooh. it's dark and moody, but like done very well. I'm gonna watch it. I want. I'm kind of curious to his like opening and stuff. Yeah, I've seen like I know that cast members have been told that they didn't have to appear alongside him if they didn't want to. So I think it'll be very interesting oh. to see like who has chosen to stay on. And oh, also wow. I know that they they don't have to, but in situations like that, there are always like repercussions. So I feel like a, a mainstay, one of the performers who's more seasoned, like mm-hmm. a Kate McKinnon or an A.D. Bryant. Yeah. I think they could easily not appear alongside him and it wouldn't be a big deal. But I feel like some of the kids that are the, I say kids, they're adults, but some of the, you know, like the, the featured performers. Yep. I just wonder if it would reflect poorly on them to not appear. And if it's like, and pressure. If they're feeling like they're in a, yeah. If they yeah. feel like they're in a position to like make a choice, yeah. you know, I get that. Also, speaking of A.D. Bryant, I'm very excited about the new season of Shrill. Friday. Friday, Friday. I'm very excited. I, I I get so excited, but I hate it because then I watch it in like five seconds and I'm like, no. <laughs> like I love you the show this, so much. This is the last season, so you have to stretch it out. Oh, God. I don't know if I knew if it was last season or not. That's so sad. Yeah. I loved her. I love – I even love her outfits in that show. I just love it so much. She's so cute. They're so good. They're so good. And it's, I feel like it's one of the most honest shows about like a fat perspective that I've ever seen. And yeah, I wish, I, w- I hope, I hope it has a good viewership. Like I know that like, I'm basically preaching to the choir because my community is all like plus size women mm-hmm. who probably really identify with that show. So I have yeah. no idea like if like my random straight size comedy friends are like pumped about. I just think even show. if you aren't, at least for me, like, even if you aren't plus size, I feel like that show is just really well done. And I hope, yeah. I, I kind of hope that it gets like that credit, even though it does resonate with people who are in the plus size community. I also hope people realize like, even whatever size you are, that show is so well done and so well written and like has like a good message and is so funny. And I just really like her as a person. I think she's yeah. fabulous. I think her impact will be realized far after she's like left her scene or like, you know, Mm -hmm. left her mark. You know what I mean? I think that she's kind of slowly been under the radar changing stuff. Cause I definitely feel like there haven't been like fat shaming jokes or impressions on Saturday night live since she's been on. That's a really good point actually. Cause I had, there hasn't been no. And I just, we watch it pretty regularly and so do we No, So she probably has made an impact in that way. Yeah. Cause I think just her mere presence there has like shifted. Like you can't like show up to work in that intimate of a work environment and be like, Hey everybody, here's my pitch for this sketch. It's going to be this celebrity eating a bunch of ice cream sandwiches. You know, I feel like yeah. you can't do that while she's in the room and especially while she's such a powerful voice in the room. Yeah. Speaking of the body positive community, this is like a hot topic right now. Hot topic. So you know how there are the videos that so many, a lot of them are going viral, but like getting a lot of backlash about Mm -hmm. the straight sized women that are like 
sticking out their stomach and then like it's going a lot of people are getting like millions of views but they're getting like a lot of backlash and I see I saw a couple of my friends actually recently talk about this and there is something that like I don't know where how we got to this point I guess I'm very confused by it it rubs me very the wrong way um I don't know it's just like weird for me to see because I just saw another person go viral and it's like I don't understand that, I guess, especially because I'm in that, like, you're obviously have a plus size community. I have a split between, but it's just interesting for me to see that. Because I think I what's, what it is, is like, cause I used to be more upset about it. I feel like a part of me is like, yeah, that fucking sucks. But also I don't care. I think what I'm butthurt about is that the body positive community has been started by, you know, lots of different groups of people mm-hmm. prior to like what it is now. And now it's like at its most diluted, most commercialized kind mm-hmm. of version of itself when it used to be yeah. rooted in really intense activism. And I mean, obviously there are still plenty of people fighting that fight and good on them, but it's really weird and disheartening to see the people that are successful and successfully monetizing. That monetizing. Type of content. I think that's what's kind of rubbing me like really the wrong way is the monetization and the people that get grow from that and they know they grow mm. from that and so that's they keep doing it and I'm like it's to me it's more damaging than helping in a lot of situations yeah so it's like but you but I agree with not caring I guess it's more of understanding where I, I feel like all of a sudden there was like so many videos of like these straight sides women doing this but I guess it does come down to when you think about it they have to know they're going to gain traction from those videos so I guess it is kind of like a viral world we live in it's weird because there there are people there are accounts that I do not doubt that they're coming from it from a very genuine perspective I raise my eyebrows when it's every post that you do yeah because I I am a marginalized person who is made fun of in public who can't fit in certain theater seats who I have to check to see if the plane has availability Mm -hmm. for me to book another seat like I uh, I was at a theme park with you recently and I couldn't ride on a ride. Yeah. Like, I am impacted by my size. Am I creating content about my size explicitly with every single no. one of my Instagram posts? No, no, I'm not. And I'm a person who I would even say that like I experience like my size has more impact on my psyche on a day-to-day basis yeah, than absolutely. a lot of these, you know, women who I think it's kind of like a I think a lot of it is like, I used to be a conventionally attractive woman is like what these women are saying, but I'm not anymore. And that's where I see the, the facade, I guess, kind of mm-hmm. come off of it is that if you are a thin person who doesn't deal with like, if you're a thin white woman who is not queer, who is conventionally attractive and every single post that you make is how like your body is okay to love and stuff like that. And you haven't necessarily experienced ED and you don't like, if you don't create fact, like information about like recovery, et cetera, if you're just a bunch of comparison photos, I, it's really hard and difficult for me to believe that you aren't chasing clout. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I would, it was actually, there was a point to be very candid. It was very hard for me at one point because I feel like, I think every person that's a creator kind of feels like this you could you hit a point where it's like a plateau you kind of feel like oh maybe you're not growing as fast as you want yeah and seen and then in my head I would see people all of a sudden just like rise with these like side-by-side photos or every post and it kind of bummed me out because you know I I mean I think all of us 
you, especially you, I, people I know, we put a lot of effort into the content we create. Mm-hmm. So for a while, I was kind of like, well, shit. Like if I just posted a side-by-side photo. 500,000 followers. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was like, well, well, fuck. And so that's where it was like really rubbing me the wrong way because I was like, I try so hard to create stuff that is of value. And yeah. I know in the long run, and Charlie's always like, Ashley, you have to realize everyone hits, I think it's like, you see those graphs with creators that are like, you have your ups, then it goes down. And then you, you know, you're always going to have these like moments. But I was just like, having such a moment where I was like, well, shit, I'm plateauing, having imposter syndrome. Even recently I had imposter syndrome because I feel like I want to be funny, but I feel like I'm not cool enough to be funny or something. It's so weird. It's so bizarre. And I like get in my own head. And I think it is partially because I see these TikTok creators and I'm like, damn, you are so funny. Like these clips are like 10 seconds long, but it's like so capturing. And I'm like, I want to like break open that part of me, but I'm like terrified. Yeah. And so I, I'm like trying to work past that right now because it's such, it's like a vulnerable thing for me. You're obviously putting something new out on the internet and it's like scary, scary times. I hear that. No, it's comedy is such a, a weird world to live in. And I, I have a lot of like emotional distress around if I, you know, if I've said something offensive because I have had, like I created something that I felt was innocuous that turned out to be harmful and it impacted me and it impacted other people. And I have definitely been very, very nervous to create anything comedic because I don't really trust my sense of humor after, you know, going viral and then, um, you know, being critiqued in some cases rightfully. And then in some cases, like pretty, you know, (laughs) pretty heavily. Yeah. And it's really made me terrified to let a lot of my personality shine, especially comedically. And I feel like the way that I settle with it is that I can, I don't look to make comedy now. I look to comedically create the same content that I'm creating. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. That's what you do. Yeah. And it's like, I, would I rather be like trying to do a bunch of comedy bits on TikTok or do I want to do the same type of media that I make on Instagram, but through comedic lens. And that to me is a lot more of a comfortable place to live in. Yeah, And I feel like that's what you do as well. And I think that you do that well. I think it's changed. I think it's changing over to, for a while. I did think, I think it was you know, the last few years have changed, especially with like the last year of what's been going on. But mm-hmm. I think everyone felt like they had to be so on. And I think we've talked about this before of just like being more authentic in certain aspects on your platform. I think yeah. people will relate to it a lot better. So I feel it's- like just showing like weird bits of my life or like what people connect with that, because at the end of the day, we're all human and like, we all do the same things. I think that the, you brought up authenticity and I think that there's something that we could speak on about that is that, so like looking at your own media, I think that something that feels authentic to you is creating beautiful DSLR images that are editorial and stunning. Mm -hmm. And that's an authentic part of who you are. But I think that if you threw up a cell phone photo that you had to make yourself take that, like, you're like, Hey, I have to do it on a phone. I have to do something candid. I have to do like a photo dump. Um, it's going to be seen as more authentic but it might be something that you had to try harder to harder for, yeah yeah to and create think, actually yeah. yeah and like i remember whenever i started kind of pulling more into that type of content creation i was like okay i have to remember to take a bunch of pictures on my phone which i never do i know um 
<laughs> I know people think photo dumps are easy. I'm like, they're actually kind of hard and that sounds wild, but they are. There's an art to them for sure. I think there's an art to, it's almost like, you know, how, um, natural makeup is sometimes harder oh to my achieve. Gosh, very hard. <laughs> And I think that's the same quality. And so I really, I just want to like pose to, to an audience that like what you term as authentic may be extraordinarily inauthentic to the Mm -hmm. person behind the camera, you know, or behind the, whatever the, the content is. Yeah. So I think that there's a weird obsession with authenticity that I think like, who gives a fuck? I love, I love inauthentic shit. Like I love something that's highly produced. I love a facade. I love like that's why I, mean, I mentioned the other day too about like recreate or creating like a new person, like a persona. Like it's that's why I think I like photos too, is because you can create different concepts of who you are through mm-hmm. an image. Yeah. And I think that's so fun. Um, I think that's again why I like Halloween so much because that's really fun. And that's why I like, and here we go, baby. That's why I like bimbos or women that have been termed as bimbos, because I think <laughs> there's something about like, you know, like an Anna Nicole Smith or a Trisha Paytas, someone who has completely like fabricated their, what their outward appearance is, mm-hmm. but it's a, a completely authentic. It's to authentic. Who they are inside. Yeah. I think that her, that Trisha or Anna or Pam Anderson or any of, any of those mm-hmm. great Marilyn Monroe any of those women, to me, that's like the facade in itself is authenticity. Authenticity. It is. I feel, I think that's also because I felt like that probably a lot of my life, people kind of had a preconceived notion of me or maybe like, you know, I think we all had, maybe weren't the cool kids or something, or people just perceived you in a way that you didn't want to, even if it was authentic to who you were. Yeah. So I feel like that's why I do love those people. And I do love all the people that were called bimbos and had, like you said, a facade. I think it's, it's who they were. Oh my God. Like I love a big tittied blonde lady so <laughs> and much. just to think they were, they were doing that before. Like, you know, obviously it's, it is more acceptable for women to have the power over their body and have control and be out there. I mean, shit, I'm half naked on a lot of my photos too. Just naturally. That's mm-hmm. just how I like to be. But that was back when they were getting a lot of heat for that. Yeah. I think it was so risky for a lot of these women, like a Dolly Parton, like God, a, Dolly Parton, like a Marilyn Monroe, like God, who else? Who's that chick that, uh, who's got her head cut off? Wait, wait, why do I feel like I don't know this? There's a famous cool. film actress. Hold on. It'll come to me. It's who Anna Nicole Smith is also compared to. She is a blonde, big chest, um, big chested lady. And I'm literally looking. It's gonna up. kill me. It's I should I know to. this, but she lost her head. She was driving a convertible. Her daughter is actually on Law and Order. I think her daughter's Mariska Hartigay. Wait, Melissa Hartigay. We're literally googling this. Sounds like my fiance's last name. <laughs> it's not. I like his last name. Hardaway. Oh, you're talking about wait, is this Jane Mansfield? Jane Mansfield. Thank you. Jane I don't Mansfield. know why my brain just blanked. Yeah. Wait, she got her head name. chopped off she was beheaded in a car accident. So I think that she 
the oh. she thinks she like t-boned like a truck or something like that or she oh in the accident i know that she was like decapitated oh wow i didn't know that was her mom that's so fascinating yeah if you look at the comparative pictures between it's no, Mariska Hargitay, right yeah they literally look so much alike yeah they side by side comparisons it's wild like i i never it's like a brunette them. version of her like this is wild mm-hmm. oh my gosh she was stunning yeah I wow. love Jane Mansfield. Wow. 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 Her skin is flawless. Very into this story. Right you know, now. what's so interesting is that Anna Nicole is so she loves Marilyn and I think she's an eternal Marilyn fan, but I know that like she was hired onto the guest campaign because they thought she actually looked like Jane Mansfield and not Marilyn. Interesting. Yeah. Does she look like Jane Mansfield? I'm trying to think of like, I think those guest campaigns were awesome. I love that guest campaign. I guess she kind of does look a little bit like her. I think that maybe styling is more similar than Marilyn. I think that I. It's wild because I used to have super platinum solid blonde hair like that. You got to do it once. I actually thought about doing it again. Um, It's just so hard on your hair. But then I actually just mentioned, I was like, Charlie, so I have a wild idea. And he's like, oh gosh, what are you about to say? And I was like, I really want to buy one of those really well done, expensive wigs in yeah. solid blonde and just wear those instead and just have like a super platinum blonde wig. Yeah. And he goes, so it begins like he, I've told him from the start that <laughs> I'm going to start wearing wigs at some point, like Moira off like Shit's Creek. Like I'm fully going to have a wig room and have a ton of wigs. I love that. I love that for you. I'm fully supportive. Like I want to go wig shopping with you. I actually saw Katy Perry had one on recently that looked perfect it was platinum solid blonde and that's what made me inspired me I was like I really need to have a blonde wig you know those good wigs are like three grand oh my god they are no I literally it's crazy like so expensive yeah we'll see you want a bag or a wig I know I know I know actually speaking of bags I tried to find an, a bag that I really want and it's, what do you want I couldn't find it it's the everyone has it I'm not sold on it because it's it's pricey but I wanted to try the Louis Vuitton bum bag that everyone mm-hmm. has mm-hmm. because I'm very into hands-free yeah stuff. how much is that is it like 25 it's like 2000 yeah um but I, I can't, I called and I went to the store. First of all, I was like, man, Louis Vuitton is popping. Like it is. I thought like people were not going to be, it's a pandemic. No, there was a line out the door. Yeah. Um, I had to wait an hour to get inside. And I went in and I had called and made sure they had it. And I walked in there like, no, we sell out of those instantly. So I haven't even been able to try one on because I mm. want to see like the fit of it. Um, if I like it and I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a pricey fanny pack. The price <laughs> really is. Pack. I felt like such a dick just now. I was like, is it, what is it like 25? Like, I, I hope that I just know the prices of bags. I don't oh, want you know, I mean, to think that I'm like eh, $2,500. I yeah. shit that. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I'm, I'm pretty, I, I feel like whenever I first started this influencer job, I was like, year two, I'm going to be bags every quarter, bags, 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 bags. <laughs> and now it's like, I want to invest that money. I don't want to. No, yeah, you want to be smart. Yeah, no, I never think that. There's no part of you where I think you just throw money to the wind. For people who do that and want to do that, good for you. But for me, I'm like, I do want to invest. I also want to like buy a house and invest in that. That's like such a big thing. 
I, and also I was thinking about it because, you know, I paid, I paid a butt ton of money for these extensions, right? So extensions are expensive. The thought process there, I was like, I could get like a bag, but I would still feel busted with like my crispy (laughs) hair. (laughs) Yeah. When I was getting my actual extent, because what kind do you have? Are they hand sewn? Hand sewn wefts, baby. Yeah. I had those and woo, the upkeep. I loved them. But then I was like, I love my clip-ins. Mm-hmm. I'm just used to them and I like kind of pulling them out when I don't like obviously want them but the hand tied ones man those are like they're great they look really great they're intense I think that I was like um way too careful with them at the beginning I like wouldn't do anything and now I feel like I'm a little sloppy with them so I need to find that happy medium of like I got taking like care of them enough and like yeah not I started like not wanting I was like eh, I'll just throw it around they'll get ratty yeah, in the back I've got like a, a cute little situation and um I really need to get a blowout. <laughs> yeah, blowouts are a lifesaver with hair mm-hmm. extensions. Yeah. Well, next time maybe I'll have a blonde super oh, wig. Oh my god, I would love I that. I feel like I would really be so stoked about it. <laughs> I'm like already looking at myself yeah. like, oh yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> I support I the wigging out. I think that like wigs should just be more commonplace in general. I think they actually, I, I have a feeling that they will become more commonplace only because dyeing your hair, especially if you want like fun, like what if I want purple one day? I don't know. What if I want like a fun, it's so hard on your hair, especially since I used to be a hairstylist. I used to have to like do those people's hair that wanted like to go back. And I was like, your hair is going to fall out. So I have the finest hair in the entire world. What's the most annoying ask? for a client for, for a hair for a hairstylist when a client yeah. asks oh um one of them well pinterest kind of was the downfall for a lot of hairstylists because it created unrealistic expectations for like everyone mm-hmm. so people would bring in these pictures especially um people who had super dark hair naturally and it was when the phase when gray silver was really popular and they yeah. wanted like this silver balayage. And I'm like, you cannot get there without doing it like three to five times. And your hair is going to be really like not feeling good. But they never understood. They were like, well, I saw Kim Kardashian. I'm like, Kim Kardashian is wearing a wig. They didn't understand that they wear <laughs> wigs. And so I would have to tell them gently that it's a wig that is not done overnight. And so, so those you were in reality you kind of, not only do you resent Pinterest, but you sort of resent the thing that you're going to chase and get that wig because <laughs> your wigs are going to get some girl to go to the salon and be like, well, this girl Ashley. I follow just went platinum blonde. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> basically everyone needs to realize that all celebrities basically have $3,000 wigs just lining in their walls. And I will say those wigs are so, they look so real. Like it's, it's even as a hairstylist, I'm like, that's incredible. But yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. I, it's so crazy that I did hair for 10 years. Um, sometimes I miss it sometimes just cause like I'll see someone's hair and I'll be like, Ooh, I kind of want to like fix it or like do something yeah. different on their hair. But it was a fun time. I also did makeup for weddings, which was a wild time as well. So mm. <laughs> well, the brides, I feel like I brides. know so many people who are wedding vendors. Oh, really? That seems like and a common, a common friendship. Soon. I am. Yeah. Have you like, do you have a Pinterest with like everything that you're like, do you take some? I do, but I don't. I'm like such a weird bride. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, I know what I want in my mind. And I feel like my, I'm so grateful because my wedding planner, a wonderful woman, Jen Rios, Jen Rios weddings on Instagram, you guys. Cute. Um, 
I think that she understands who I am like right off the bat. I think I said to her that I was like super uncomfortable with a traditional wedding and I wanted like a spooky wedding. And she's like, I got you. And I I was like, but like not, not like a Halloween wedding. It's not in October, it's November. So we can get away with a little bit of spook spook, you Mm -hmm. know, in there, but not like, not over the top. And I, anytime I would go (laughs) wedding dress shopping, um, for work, because I do have some campaigns that revolve around me, like trying on bridal yeah or like paid campaigns but like anytime I would be in those situations um a sales associate would come and help me and she'd be like well what kind of bride are you and I was like I want to feel like a ghost like a really (laughs) sexy like a sexy ghost ghost. like you know like a woman who is like I used to live in this house I kind of like that and like she seduces the man like what do they say when you tell them that are they like oh we're on it or are they like what are you I mean, I'm about? in the South. I feel like they kind of get it, you know, like there's some women who do get it and they're like, yeah, but there's others who are like, um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I love a good Southern accent. At the end of the day, a lot of them just bring me the flattering big girl dress. Which Wait, is so that- what is the flattering big girl dress? I want to know what they think that is. I think it's like a structured A-line dress with like a big oh, princess A-line. poof. Okay. So like they have like a, like a, it's always like a super structured boned bodice. Okay. Kind of like a corset like, top. Like more fitted and then it kind of A's out. Yeah. So yeah. like you, it like pushes up the boobies and like Got creates it. a nice hourglass for you. And that's just like not what I'm truly interested in. And it doesn't <laughs> speak to the design that I'm envisioning for my wedding. So I'm doing probably just a basic, I have two wedding dress options en route oh, to me. Hi, my cat. Hi, Katie. <laughs> what are you? So you have two options en route. Yeah. Well, they're both, one is from Beholden and I just pulled the trigger and I was like, this is what I want. Like, I don't want to go try on shit in the store. I just, I know that this is the dress that I want. They have really nice order. dresses. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I also don't like retail situations. Like I really love just like and I used to be a retail girl who enjoyed helping people, but I also knew when to stay away from people because I have yep. that personality. Mm-hmm. I like to go into a store and be completely on- anonymous and just pull things for myself. That's literally how I am. I used to work retail as well. And like, I feel that so hard. Like I want to be anonymous hundred percent. I get so like, I, especially because all the women I've worked with at boutiques are thinner women. And so I'm just like, they're like, hi. Mm-hmm. And it just feels so like they feel bad for me or they don't know like where I'm coming from. So they don't know like what type or of Or they language. don't know what to get or what, what you, yeah. like, they don't understand it. Yeah. I actually walked into a store the other day because I hadn't, I hadn't been to the mall in forever pretty much. And I finally went in and I was going through every store and I kind of got like overwhelmed because there were so many stores that I was like having like, oh, I was getting really distracted. I walked into a store and it was like, one person, then literally I walked away and I was like, okay, that one person kind of like was telling me all the sales and weird. It was just like overwhelming. And then mm-hmm. I went two minutes, like walked around another person. And then one minute later, another, and I was like, I just want to not be seen right now. <laughs> I think they got to be bored out of their mind too. You know oh, what I absolutely. Mean? And I feel like the, for me, the most effective salespeople are the people who I'm like, maybe you should be an influencer, but they're the people that are like yeah, genuinely- excited about a product yeah you know so and like, they re- the, you know it's genuine because you can tell when someone's just trying to like sell, sell something to you yes and I think that like a lot of my friends who previously worked retail are people that I know in this industry in the influencer industry now who were previous like retail people mm-hmm. I always or people who like worked at like four brands like at a you know like at 
an administrative level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I can tell that they are passionate about product. And I think that like, that's where it doesn't feel like you're selling to me. I think it's like, dude, I just got this new lipstick. How cool is it? Like, I want to show you, like, I, I think that there's, that's the authentic influencer to me is that girl who's like, look at all this stuff. And then how, like when you and I relate to one another and Like you showed me the green cream and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And you were like, it was authentic. And I was like, okay, I'm sold on this. Like, this is amazing. And we were, yeah, we were just showing each other our shit. Yeah. And I was so like pumped to see like what was in your bathroom and all the products that you had. I feel like that's, I mean, I, I absolutely feel that you are genuine and like what you produce on Instagram. And it's because you're a person that gets excited for and passionate about product. Yeah, I do. And especially because I'm trying to get back into the beauty kind of stuff. I find that Mm. kind of fascinating that I'm learning that like when I did makeup for weddings, like 10 years ago, it's so different now. There's so many products and it's like, it is very exciting because you get something and you're like, this is so cool. Like very exciting, but I'm very excited to see your wedding dress. Obviously I think the whole world is, I say the whole world. I'm like, the whole world is very excited. Um, I got one from Beholden, like a full price one. And then I was doing Sunday Steals, which is a newsletter I have. For those of you who don't know, I have a newsletter where every Sunday I send you <laughs> deals and steals straight to your inbox. Sign up. <laughs> I have a sign up link in my profile. Um, but I was doing Sunday Steals and I was on the Anthropology website. And Anthropology, if you're interested in Beholden, Anthropology's sales section online and in stores will sometimes have Beholden product. Yeah. And I saw another dress that was super similar in silhouette to the one that I had ordered at full price, but this one was $170. So I bought that too as a backup. And so now I have like a couple of options to choose between the only thing that's kind of a a bummer is that I can't return the $170 one, but if it doesn't work out, like I'll do something with it. This is exciting. I love wedding so much. Me too. I'm very, very, very exciting. I got one thing that I'm super pumped about that I will share on here because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it secret, but this thing is just too cool. This is like one of the things that made me choose my caterer. And oh, like, tell me, I, tell you know, I, I'm a chuggy fall bitch. We've established this <laughs> chuggy fall bitch. Chugi. And when I was looking through different caterers, the one that stood out to me on their, the main page of their site, they had mm-hmm. like a previous event they threw and it was a corporate event. So I had to like ask them if they would do this for my wedding. And I feel like it was the most princessy because normally I would be like, accept whatever people could do straightforward. But on this, I was like, no, I see that you did this for a small corporate event. And I want you to do it for like the 150 people that are going to be at my wedding. Mm-hmm. It's everyone is going to get What's up, a I'm mini scared. pumpkin <laughs> served to them with like a quinoa salad inside of it really you're gonna get a pumpkin that's like this big as big as your face and it's gonna be hollowed out with a salad inside it but get a salad inside of a pumpkin that's sick I feel like I don't know like go off that's very like vibey November vibes I love it go off great hall Harry Potter yeah that's the vibe I love that Harry Potter oh my god I'm very excited for this whole thing oh I think that it's that one's one that everyone's going to get. I think it's the first course. And then you get- to How many choose. courses are you having? Okay. So we have, um, there's going to be the ceremony. Then we have a cocktail hour and there's going to be some mad, um, <laughs> there's going to be some mad hors d'oeuvres during this time. Dude. And we have a three course meal. So we have like- Wow. 
Cuban salad and then like a choice of entree and then something like a dessert. Mm-hmm. I guess it's the wedding cake. I don't know. <laughs> and then when we were eating the food, we were like, this is so heavy. We need to have like a coffee bar. So we're going to have our own special after dinner coffee bar for everybody. That's really cute. That's going to have like three drinks. I think we did a, like a honey lavender latte and like a hazelnut latte and like a pumpkin spice latte. Got to do it. Of course, Chugi. And I'm the Chugarella, baby. Chugarella. <laughs> yeah. And then I spice. think that we might be passing around like a milk and cookie shot, like after Cute. dancing or during dancing. So there's like lots of food at this situation. I mean, weddings, you got to show it. When you go to a wedding and there's good food, it makes like it, all the difference. Yeah. Especially if you want people to be like dancing. And I mean, dancing for me, I get hungry when I'm dancing. <laughs> So I feel like having those little things along the way are so important. I was actually watching a Real Housewives recently and I watched that one of the girls had got married and everyone was slamming her for only having charcuterie boards. And I found it so <laughs> funny. They were like, that's not dinner. And she was like, um, it is though. It's meats and cheeses. And they were like, we were hungry. And I was like, this is a thing. Like people need food at weddings, guys. I mean, I'm going to sit here and be the be the devil's advocate here because if you have enough charcuterie i'm fine like well, i'll eat mozzarella balls until the morning like until you know morning these housewives though they you know how their mm-hmm. expectations it's are. more about i love a charcuterie board they want like you know filet mignon <laughs> that's what they're wanting i seriously you get me a bowl just of those marinated mozzarella Dude, those balls are like, so good what's this place this is fancy <laughs> so good I used to get those all the time. Actually, now I want to go buy those. I honestly might after we have our conversation because I'm having a girlfriend over tonight and I'm going to make Jacqueline Hill just did a recipe, not just did, but recently on her channel, maybe like last six videos of her like favorite snacks, you know, Jacqueline Hill, the makeup artist. Yeah. I didn't know she does like stuff like that as well. She does some lifestyle content now. And I think it's really, really fun. And I think that like she, I really, those are my favorite videos from her just because Mm -hmm. her personality is so fun and laid back. She makes this corn dip oh and God, it's literally just good. like Mexi corn and mayonnaise. And I think like three different types of cheeses. And I'm going to make that tonight for my That friend. sounds so good. I can't It's easy wait. to make too, probably. Yeah. It's like two cans of this Mexi corn and you squirt a bunch of mayonnaise in it and maybe like a full <laughs> cup, dude. And I think it's Gouda and Parmesan oh and pepper jack cheese on top. And you just bake it. Amazing my goal is to constipate my friends when they come over to my house, like, and to like, make sure they can't get off the couch. Welcome like, to Rosie's. You will not leave and you will be constipated. And I love you're that. also, cause they can't get up from the couch. I'm like, ah, oh, yes. Time for me to choose the movie. Enjoy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want, I want everybody who's listening to know full disclosure. Ashley's in my dream equally is to figure out a content we can create where we can just wear sweats all yeah, the time. Basically. Absolutely. I actually want people to comment and let us know if they want us to vlog because Mm. I mean, I really think our vlogs would be fascinating. (laughs) I don't care if they want me to, we're going to do it. (laughs) Like one of the things I think a lot of us do is like, Hey guys, there's this thing I want to try. What do you think? And I already have like done it. You already know that you're going to, yeah. You're like, I already love this. Like, what am I, why am I asking? What do you guys think about me starting a YouTube channel? Yes or no? I think and then I have like three YouTube movies already like, you know, filmed. 
it's a tactic. It's a, it's a way to involve people, but I agree. I think when everyone asks that, they already always have their mind made up on what they want to do. Yeah, it's in a can. I mean, I think that to some degree, because at the end of the day, um, a lot of people don't know, and this sounds, oh man, this is going to sound, maybe we'll edit this out. Who knows? It sounds manipulative on my part, but I feel like people come and go from our profiles so frequently mm-hmm. that like, if you're going to start, if you're going to totally start doing something brand new and people don't like it, there will be people that come in that love it, Yeah, you know? So yeah. it's wild. I feel like I'll have moments where like tons of people are coming to my account and then time I'm like, well, I must've said something that some people did not like or something. So oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> And what's great is that you never know. And I try not to get too personally involved on that. I think that I used to care so much about every move I ever made. And I think there's a freedom of kind of like hanging loose and Mm -hmm. letting it all hang out and kind of being a goober. However, it does make me more consistently worried about income. It makes me worried about like if a brand's going to see me and think she's not too polished you know like the only need thing to, that like, though is I her. do I sometimes have that thought too but then I also think there are so many creators that maybe from the outside maybe they don't seem as polished or something yeah but they brands are huge brands are still working with them or like our you know like Emma Chamberlain like I think that she's kind of the anti-vlogger yeah. the anti-youtuber I feel like when she first came onto the scene, she was such a, and she still is great. I'm not saying she's not, but she was so different from the um, mm-hmm. status quo of like what hyper-produced influencer content on YouTube looked like. And I think that she was so different in her approach that it really made her stand out. And now so many people are doing like kind of the Emma Chamberlain like vibe. Yeah, that's very true. I love her. I think she's so cute. I wish that I, she had been around when I was first starting out. Cause I think it would have made me feel a lot less guilty of some of the stuff that I would put out into the world. Did you first start on Instagram or did you start, how did you? I mean, my background is so muddy because I would really say like in the realm of like public facing content, Mm -hmm. I started making comedy videos with friends, like sketch videos back in, yeah, like early, like mid 2000s. So like 2011 onward, that was my jam. And then that just like, I was so passionate about following influencers. Like I love all the New York girls. I love, I love Noelle Downing. I love Rachel Martino. I love Steffi. I love Jaglaver. I'm always going to butcher that business. I know. I actually said her name one time because I was talking about her account because I like her account as well. And I think someone corrected me, but I can't remember what they said. Her name is Rachel as well. And yes. I, I think it's Yag Laver. Yes. Yag Laver. Yes. I think someone I said pronounce, you know, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Is it a Swedish word? I love those girls. And I think that I was looking at their accounts like on a daily basis when I was working retail, I was just like, oh, so cozy, so cute. Their friendship is so sweet to witness. Yeah, it's and- always nice when you, I will say their friendship, viewing it and seeing it, it seems like such an authentic, cool thing. It doesn't seem, because some people I think also wonder like, are these like fake friendship? How do all these, and like, they're one of the people, I think there are fake friendships out there and people create these like, you know, hype houses or whatever. Yeah. But they're obviously like, they've been doing it so long and they also live in the same neighborhood and they just happen to like click and they, it works and it's a true friendship. And I love them. I think because 
they have like a nerdy geeky side that they let yeah. hang out and it's mm-hmm. so cute like they're all like fangirls of different things and I well they get into they get they're not they get into things like if it's fall they have their you know that that's what I feel like I was a little nervous to do because when the holidays come up I felt like oh I have to be a certain way or whatever and I think people didn't realize like about me until the last couple of years I really like like you said certain fan things like I love dressing up like Harry Potter stuff sometimes or I love fall you know interesting content or um and I noticed they were doing that and I think that was when I was like oh it kind of inspired me in that way to like be more comfortable with being okay with you know interesting niches that I love and like sharing them so I do think that they do that so well and their friendship is like well known and people love it something really that like brought something to mind about what I like about their content so much is that I don't see them judging themselves so I think that like to be a really successful fashion influencer it's almost like you're too cool for school and maybe you yeah. wouldn't be doing something that like could read as basic or chuggy. but I feel like there isn't an ounce of like self-judgment in those girls work I think that they're all doing things because they genuinely really love it mm-hmm. so even if someone would be like oh it's so basic to decorate for fall or whatever they don't give a shit I don't personally give a shit I love chugging yeah. it up and now I have a word for it so- <laughs> I this was this last year was the first year I like went all out with my mantle for fall Mm -hmm. and I remember I posted the photo and it was so well received which made me so happy because it was such a candid like I was wearing all orange I had a huge I had gone out and got so many pumpkins and leaves and all kinds of things and I remember having that moment because you used the word basic and I thought look everyone's gonna think I'm so basic but like at the same time I fucking am like I don't yeah I don't I mean you know what I mean like I like things that other people like like I like indulging in pumpkins and decorating did you see my, my TV did you see what I did with my frame TV no I didn't I framed my frame TV and fucking leaves from um Michael's <gasps> that's right you did frame your TV yeah we had leave we have gotten so many leaves like yeah. but it was so fun I loved it I go crazier like this state. year yeah I had like a dining room table set up and I was like I mean am I having 10 people over no but I'm gonna set this dining table up for like a spooky dinner yeah it was yeah. so fun. Ooh, that makes me think of something. So I'm going to enlighten you on my train of thought here. So we're influencers. We decorate for all seasons. And every year this happens because like I will have to get a campaign kind of like in August. It's about like fall apparel. Like mm-hmm. so in August last year, I got like um, a company had launched their like Halloween stuff. So I was like wearing a ghost sweater in August being like, Hey, like it's already out now. Like go get it. It will sell out. And (laughs) you know, there's always these comments that are like, um, it's 98 degrees in Dallas. You're like, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, like let's all buy into this is what I do as a job. And the fact that like, I'm not wearing this fucking ghost sweater for the next eight hours of my day. Like I never, ever, ever told my audience that like, Hey, these pictures of me in these clothes are 100% what I'm wearing all day long of the day yeah. I'm photographed when I'm wearing it. Like that was it's, never the narrative. <laughs> that holiday is absolutely everything is. We were shooting Christmas stuff, like holiday stuff way before that time. Yeah. So her, like our holiday tree was up so early this year or this past year. It was so funny, but yeah, people do. I felt funny because I was wearing like red and green or, or, you know, and people probably do have that 
voice where they're like, it's literally hot in Dallas. Like you look wild. What's wrong? It's like, <laughs> literally I'm promoting it's fall time. And also I will say, even if the weather doesn't agree, sometimes I still just walk around my house and like fall stuff. Oh, yeah. it's oh, I, I know that like, I love sweatshirts. I think they're so comfortable. And I know that as soon as it's summer here, I'm going to crank my AC so I can just wear sweatshirts in my house. Like I can't wait to resurface my Hocus Pocus sweatshirt. Oh, fuck. That is one of my favorites. Damn. Very excited about that. I'm already thinking, like, to me, do you ever feel like you live through seasons faster? Because, like, I'm already like, fuck summer, it's over. Like, Oh, way faster. And it's, I feel like this last, the last, like, October, November, December, all that went by, like, immediately. Gone. Yeah. Yeah, but I do. I know a summer, I'm like, summer, it's weird that it's already May. Like, I didn't really fully process it till the other day. And I was like, oh, when's August? And I was like, oh my gosh, August is like two months from now. Wait, That's crazy. August, three months from now. I always have my timeline messed up, but yeah, I'm just surprised it's already summer. It's not yeah. quite hot. Is it hot in Dallas yet? No, not yet. I mean, it's not hot enough to swim. And like we are, we have a beautiful apartment pool that I'm very excited about swimming in. That's all so nice. Long. Yeah. You got to come out and visit me just so we can swim. I know. <laughs> we, that's the one thing we don't have is a pool. And I'm like, I keep saying, I'm like, I really want to just lay by pool and swim. Pools are great. I think they're like, I get you live by a stunning fucking ocean. Good for you. But, but sometimes you don't want to, you just want to like be in a pool, like, yeah. or you want to be by a pool and not And as much as I love sand. I think I used to be very for the beach, like beach only diehard beach. Now, as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm definitely becoming more of a pool bitch. Mm, mm -hmm. I just, there's something about like, and Charlie's all about the pool. He's definitely like more pool guy. I'll tell you what it is. I think it's like the convenience and safety of it. Cause like, I'm not thinking about what's swimming underneath my feet. (laughs) And for some reason, I feel like I'm more likely to get a sunburn at the beach than I am in a pool. Yeah. I feel like no matter how much I prepare for the beach, I'm always leaving a little pink, but like I'm better at. I'm better at protecting myself at a swimming pool. I have no idea why. Maybe there's, are there umbrellas and like nice little chairs? <laughs> That's higher. probably what it is. Yeah. And, and I'm probably like, when you go to the beach, not you, because you live at the beach. But when I lived in LA and I was living in the Valley and I would go to the beach, it wouldn't be like, I'm going to go to the beach for an hour. It'd be like, I'm going to the beach for six hours. Yeah, I have to get my ass over here. Day. Yeah. And I will say that I never, I'm so good about reapplying sunscreen, but I went for the first time, like it was really sunny out and it felt great. I went to eat like a, a salad at the beach for a second. And we only were out there for like an hour. Wow. I never get burnt on my legs. My legs were so burnt and I had like peeling all over and I was shocked. So I feel like, yeah, the beach definitely roast me. Damn. Roasted. Damn. Well, we hope you guys really enjoyed our podcast. This is obviously the first of many We really have no idea what we're doing, but we really wanted to come together and just have fun. So we hope you guys enjoyed our bimbo-ness. Yeah. And I hope that you are now comfortable in your chug identity. Dude, I'm definitely a a chug. If you're a chuggy, let us know. We can all chug night. (laughs) Chug night, baby. (laughs) Please leave us a review. I know that that's what you're supposed to ask for is a review. Oh yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. All the goods. We love you guys. (laughs) I mean, go off. I don't know. I'm not going to read the comments. So go off. (laughs) Yeah. Go off. We need to know all the details. 
and hope you guys enjoyed our bimbo Yeah. I like a dildo, man. If it's not vibrating, what's the point?